challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast. I'm so glad you're with me and I want to dive right in. I'm going to admit right up front that what I am talking about in this podcast is not necessarily for all of you who are listening. Instead, it's for some of you. But I want to bring this perspective to all of you so at least you have this kind of thinking in your head. And you'll understand what I'm talking about after I finished. I'm going to start by reading a selection from a speech given by a man I deeply admire. His name was Booker T. Washington. I hope you know that name. He was the founder of Tuskegee Institute in Alabama, uh, a man deeply esteemed and a lot of good for his people, often maligned today. And he gave a speech. I want to read a story from just a quick paragraph to set up what I'm saying today. Here it is. A ship lost at sea for many days suddenly sighted a friendly vessel. From the mast of the unfortunate vessel was seen a signal. Water, water, we die of thirst. The answer from the friendly vessel at once came back. Cast down your bucket where you are. A second time, the signal. Water, send us water, went up the distressed vessel and was answered, cast down your bucket where you are. A third and fourth signal for water was answered, cast down your bucket where you are. The captain of the distressed vessel, at last heeding the injunction, cast down his bucket and came up full of fresh, sparkling water from the mouth of the Amazon River. Now, Booker T. Washington used this story to correct a trend in his generation. In his day, people were scurrying about, chasing success, moving to new places where they thought success lived, always up and pulling up roots and moving around, scurrying around, buying new places, selling and trading. And he believed that prosperity, particularly in that era, given its economics and given its opportunities, would come more readily for many people if they would plant where they were, if they would cast down their buckets where they were, rather than chasing the shiny and the new, if they would cast down their buckets where they were, so to speak, they would find riches that had not previously been seen. Of course, that's what he did with Tuskegee Institute and what he urged for his students. Now, I want to bring this up in connection with a story uh, from my own life. Just this past weekend, I visited one of my oldest friends. He's seriously one of my oldest and dearest friends. And I deeply admire this man. I'm not going to give you his name, but I deeply admire this man because in his late 20s, when many of our tribe, our bunch, he he went to the same university I did, undergraduate school. Um, When many of us were chasing around, moving around, taking new jobs, seeking out new opportunities, this man moved to a small town in Texas and planted himself. He started building his business one layer at a time. He bought land at that time, which was cheap outside of a small town in Texas, and he bought a lot of land. 
And he built a house, and at first he built an average house, but over time he added rooms and a pool and a beautiful, elegant patio kind of structure with big stone grills and all kinds of cool things. And he added rooms as he needed them. When he decided he didn't want to have to go to a club to work out, he built a nice workout room on this house. Just one step at a time, no debt, room by room, layer by layer, over the decades, just as he built his business. Well, now this man has been in this small town in Texas for almost 40 years. We came from a school that was a lot about advancement, a lot about achievement, a lot about changing the world. And, you know, it may have looked to some of our buddies like this friend of mine was just planting himself in some comfortable little town in West Texas and never really doing much. Well, now he has built a business that's one of the most respected in the region. He is wealthy. He has a beautiful and impressive home. He lives on many, many, many acres. He's probably going to buy many, many more. Um, and he's and he's basically cast down his buckets where he was. He planted there. He grew there. He went deep. He built one brick, one investment, one relationship, one acre at a time over many years. And he has, in every sense, I mean this in every sense, not just the financial sense, a very rich life. Now, I'm bringing this to you because this involves, this is intertwined with one of the great arts of manhood. Many men today, many people today are chasing the shiny and the new. We live in a post-great resignation era. People are leaving jobs. The job market's on fire worldwide, even with some of the economic challenges of inflation and the difficulties brought on by the war in the Ukraine. Still, the job market's on fire, the economy's on fire, things are going well. And so people, particularly the young, are moving and chasing jobs and buying houses and going where they want, following their dreams far earlier than any generation's ever been able to follow its economic dreams before, far earlier in their lives, that is. And uh, it's it's created kind of a mentality uh, very much like what Booker T. Washington lived in, that you you had to go where success lives. You pulled up stakes and you you moved to wherever success lived. That's what it meant to be a success. But there is another version. There is another view. And it's one that men ought to have in their minds. You see, because men often are the ambitions, ambitious ones, taking nothing away from women at all who can be a wonderfully a wonderful and achieving and ambitious, and we, we applaud it all. But, but men are usually driving the moves. Men are usually wanting to pull up stakes. Men are usually wanting to chase something. Men usually are the ones who have the dissatisfaction burning in their soul. And many times they have the tendency to miss the possibilities where they are. Where my friend moved in Texas is not cool. It's not sexy. It's not remarkable. Most of you, if I mentioned the town and I won't, wouldn't even know where it is. But my friend built smartly. He looked at the region. He just didn't look at the town. He looked at the possibilities. He saw what others didn't see. And then he built progressively and steadily over 40 decades. Who lives in one place for 40 decades? Pretty much since the years just after college all the way till now when he's in his early 60s, my friend has built and built and built while others were moving around and chasing things and climbing the ladder and hiring headhunters. And by the way, all that's fine. What, what What's remarkable to me about my friend's life is that it's pretty much the opposite of mine. 
<laughs> not in the sense that, you know, I haven't built steadily or haven't prospered or what have you, uh, but in the sense that my life, I've been called to move a lot. I mean, I had moved 14 times in my life by the time I was the age of 18. Many of you who listen to this podcast know why. My father was an army officer. We moved all over the world 14 times before I left home and went to college. And then I've moved another half a dozen times since then for longer periods of time than than our military assignments, but went to college, went to Texas for 10 years, went to Nashville for another 10 years, now split my time between Nashville and D.C., moving, moving. And then, of course, within those moves, lots of travel. Let me assure you, Delta Airlines loves Stephen Mansfield because I fly and I travel all the time. It's what I'm called to do. It's what I'm made to do. That's fine. And this, this podcast is no rebuke of me or any of you who are meant to live lives like that. Just make sure you are. And some of you need to hear this wisdom. And that's why I'm doing this, this whole podcast devoted to this topic. That in our age of change and in our age of the shiny and the new and in our age of chasing success by going to live where you assume success lives, It could be that there's wisdom in staying where you are, or at the least, moving someplace you intend to stay long term. There are possibilities, perhaps, that you can see that others can't. There are possibilities that will unfold over time that perhaps aren't readily uh, visible at the beginning. There are riches to be mined from land, and I'm being metaphorical here, from land that doesn't seem to have any riches initially. And I'm finding that in my life, I've got basically two kinds of friends. Uh, Friends who are very successful. Most of my friends are, frankly. It's not anything to do with me. It's just that that's the kind of guys that I went to college with. Most of my close friends are very successful people. And I'm thinking of two. One, an attorney in L.A., who will know I'm talking about him right now, and one, um, my friend in, in the small town in Texas, who have gone, who have built, who have invested, who have planted, who have grown fine families, built beautiful homes, um, and enjoy a great deal. But they had to sacrifice. They had to go to law school when nobody thought they should. People didn't understand why they were doing it. Law school is not an easy thing. They had to invest. They had to stay in a small town when all their friends were zooming around the world, looking all sexy and cool. There was a resisting of the prevailing way of thinking about their lives and in the broader culture. And as a result, they cast down their buckets where they were. They drew up the fresh sustenance, the fresh living water, so to speak. I'm being, again, symbolical and metaphorical. (laughs) Uh, And they've got rich lives now. And so I bring this up not to say that we all ought to be living that way. I'm not. When I talk to both of these friends, they are like, well, where are you now? What airplane are you on now? What country are you in now? But they know that's what I'm meant to do. It's what I'm called to do. It's not like I'm chasing something or running from something or just wearing myself out chasing the shiny and the new. I'm not. I'm doing what I'm made to do. And they understand that, and I understand that. And some of you were like that, and that is perfectly acceptable and understandable. Some of the people I'm talking to in this podcast, you've got businesses that go all over the world. You're in politics. You're meant to fly. You're meant to travel. You're back and forth from your district every week. I get it. No rebuke intended. But I'm trying to address those of you who perhaps are meant to recognize the 
rich possibilities of where you are. You're in a valley of decision. You're considering where you might want to go or move. And it could be that there are possibilities, there are riches, there's fresh water where you are. And that settling, putting down roots, building relationships, progressing and prospering one brick, one acre, one investment, one relationship at a time, as I've said, will yield more long-term and produce a happier, richer life. Because I'll tell you, uh, my friend might look at me and say, man, you've traveled the world and met kings and queens and done amazing things. Uh, And he's got just a little bit of, wow, I wish I had your life. I look at him and see the depth of his relationships and the fact that all of his kids live within a a few miles in homes and on land that he helped them develop because he had prospered so much in that regard. And and they're all invested in his business, and he's got deep relationships, and he's respected and loved, and uh, and and he's doing things. And yeah, there there there's there's a depth to his relationships that I I have a lot of relationships. But I don't quite have those relationships because I'm not in one place all the time. So there's benefits to both, and I don't say this with any regret. I fully embrace my life and can celebrate his at the same time. But I'm talking to those of you who probably need to make a decision here in the next few years. You're seeing the great resignation society, the job market's hot, the economy's hot. It's a good time maybe to make your move. Maybe you're at an age where you've got a few more moves in you and now's the time to go. And maybe you've got some dissatisfaction where you are. And I just want you to ponder, ponder with your spouse, ponder with your parents, ponder with your band of brothers. The wisdom of Booker T. Washington. I'm not saying it is absolutely universally true for all of us. Not at all. Quite the opposite. But I do believe that one of the arts of manhood is you have to discern these things wisely. Not just chase the shiny, the new, the exciting, the jet trip, what have you. And then, of course, also the other extreme is just to sit in one place and do nothing. Not really prosper, not really grow, because it's just your hometown and you just dang well ain't going to leave. Now, that's the stupid is going after the shiny and the new. So discern the right season for your life. Discern the right approach for your life. But what I want to caution you against is thinking just because everybody's hopping jets and chasing the shiny and the new, that that's what you ought to do. I think this podcast might be confirmation for some of you that as you've been pondering staying where you are, and maybe it's not as remarkable and sexy and cool as maybe what your brother did or your best friends from college did or, or people you know are saying, well, why are you, why are you there? And my favorite, illust- my favorite word to use for a small town um, that, that just breathes smallness and its title is Bucksnort, Tennessee. It's a place just outside of Nashville. It's basically a truck stop. So you may, maybe you're there in, in, in your version of Bucksnort, Tennessee, and and, and people are wondering why you're there, but, but, but you see possibilities, you see diamonds in the rough, you see things that are, you see the possibility of casting down buckets where you are. Know that that's a, that's a valid way to go. And again, I want to bring this back to manhood. Women certainly have to discern these things for their lives, but men have to know what's working in your soul. Are you just chasing the new, just wanting to cross that next mountain range just because it's there? Or is that really the path of prosperity for you? Is it really the way you're wired? Is it really what you're made for? And part of this decision is what is your soul attuned to? You know, I can get on a jet, fly 14 hours, take a shower and go speak for hours. Uh, it's not, most people are wiped out by a 14 hour flight and all the time zone changes. I, it's just what I'm made to do. I've got grace for it. I've got a gift for it. Uh, is that you? For me, the difficulty would be to be in the same thing every day. 
It's because I'm not, it's not how I'm wired. It's not how I'm made. How are you made? What do you have grace for? What are you gifted for? Everybody's has been until recently talking about going to New York or going to Chicago or going to DC or going to Seattle, all the cool it cities. Well, is that you? Is that what you're made for? Is that how you live? Is, is it, can you sustain the noise and the hubbub and the pace and the speed and the coming and the going? Is that you? So take some time and ponder this because these are massive life decisions that men in particular are meant to be able to make. Make them with your spouse. Don't just go in a cubby hole somewhere. Make it on your own. That doesn't work well. Your wife has wisdom for you. Your business partners have wisdom for you. The, the people in your life, your band of brothers, your, your family, they have wisdom for you. Listen to them. But consider the possibility, many of you, that casting down your buckets where you are, staying where you are, planting where you are, building progressively, being there over the decades, it may not look as sexy to the outside world. Who cares if it's what you're called, what you're meant, what you're made to do? Because this is one of the great arts of great manhood. To join the Great Man Movement or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's three essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, Building Your Band of Brothers, and Men on Fire, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production. 